But if you have your Bibles today for just a short period of time, we, we want to turn our attention to the Lord's Supper. And if you have your Bibles, we want to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And we're going to read one verse today, just one verse. However, we're going to read verse 17, but we're, I want you to just keep looking throughout the remainder of the chapter, for we're going to share some things that take place in the remainder of this chapter. But we're going to look at verse 17 in chapter 11. We've all heard, united we stand and divided we fall. And being professing Christians, when we allow divisions among us to cause us to, to not care for one another, we stand on dangerous ground and we've already lost our witness to our community. Whenever we're allowing divisions to divide us, we have already lost the community. So as we look here in this passage, Paul says this to the Corinthian church. Therefore, my beloved. I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Again, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. This is God's word. God, we just thank you for your word. Now, God, we ask that you would take your word and, and place it in our hearts to where we would follow your word. Help us, God, to honor and glorify your name. God, we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to get to share at your table. Now, we pray that you would bless it according to your riches and glory. And God, if there's one here with, that doesn't know you for the forgiveness of sin, we pray that this day would be a day that they would receive your son as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here as we begin looking in this, in this passage of scripture, Paul is addressing how the Corinthian church is gathering for the Lord's Supper. And Paul's stating that he has nothing to commend them for, for the way that they are celebrating. Now here when we look at this, what we have to understand is coming together matters. And as coming together matters, Paul is telling them, the way that you come together to partake of this supper, I've got nothing to commend you for. Well, isn't that a poor testimony for a church? Amen. That when we come to the Lord's Supper, that no one has anything that we can say they done well in, at, the, at that supper. Instead, Paul is telling them that, that they're making a mockery of God. Here when we look at it, I want us to first look at just what this verse says that they they come together for the worse. Paul declares that the Corinthian church was indeed making a mockery of the Lord's supper. 1 Corinthians 11 and 20, when you look down in, in verse 20, he says, therefore when you come together in one place, it is not to eat the Lord's supper. That's not the reason we come to eat the Lord's Supper. We come to commune with God. 
the, here what, what's taking place in this church is, is that the richer church members were treating the Lord's Supper like it was their own private party. It was their own little meal. They, they were indulging themselves. They were getting full off the meal, eating all that they could, and they were drinking all that they could. I, I don't know if you've watched the movie First Sunday or not, where two guys go into a church after hours and they, be, they try to rob the church. After going to the church on that first Sunday morning, obviously they knew nothing about the, Lord, uh, the Lord's Supper. They knew nothing about being in church because when they come by with the, with the plate and the juice, they just started eating as much as they could and, and drinking all that they could. And, and when they went by, they asked, is there just a three cup minimum? They, they, they wanted to, they, they had no idea what was taking place. And it seems like here in this passage, a party is going on. It seems like they are, they are just, they, they're just concerned about themselves and not about anyone else. These, these Corinthian church members were separating themselves from other members. They were looking down on other members as, a, as if their wealth made them better than the others. And Paul was not going to commend them for this kind of behavior. Uh, these, uh, I'd like to just stop right there for a moment and remind us that at the cross of Calvary, there's level ground. We all stand in need of a Savior. We all stand in need of his grace, his mercy, and his love. We all stand in need of his long suffering extended to us. Without Jesus, we'd all be undone. We'd all be lost and on our way to a demon's hell. And no amount of money, no amount of influence in this world can change that. Here, Paul sees what's taking place. They're having themselves a good time. And they're using this supper and they're coming together for the worst. Well, wouldn't it? Well, how would you feel if I looked at you and said, you know what? There's about 40 of you that can come here at 11 o'clock and we're going to take the Lord's Supper. 40 more of you can come back at 3 o'clock. And 40 more of you can come back at, at, at 7 o'clock this evening and take the supper. But, but we don't want y'all taking it with us. Well, you, you'd get rid of me real quick, wouldn't you? Yeah, this is basically what's taking place. This, these, this rich faction within the church is taking part of the Lord's Supper and they're feasting on it and leaving nothing for anyone else. Oh, they're coming together for the worse. But Paul has a desire for them to come together for the better. Coming together for the better, here in Paul's sincere concern for the Corinthian church, he begins to teach them again what Jesus said and what he'd done at the Last Supper. You see that there in verses 23 through 26. Uh, Paul reminds them that Jesus had told the disciples that the bread was his body and the cup was the new covenant uh, in his blood. And that as often as they took the bread and as often as they drank from the cup, they proclaimed the Lord's death until he comes. Now to participate in the Lord's Supper... It is proclaiming the saving death of Jesus Christ. It's proclaiming the saving death of him. And when we proclaim that saving death, we're proclaiming the gospel. It's because of the Lord's Supper. Because it proclaims the gospel, it has to carry out the demands 
of the gospel. So here Paul tells us that when we partake of it unworthy, we're not recognizing or we're not discerning the Lord's body. Now, there are many opinions floating around about what it means to take the Lord's Supper unworthy. I found something that I had never really paid much attention to in this passage. So here, if, if, it is, if it's concerning or discerning the Lord's body, and it's proclaiming the gospel, to hear Paul is talking about the body of Christ. If Paul's talking about the body of Christ, he's telling us that it's, that here we must love one another if we love Christ. And if we fail to love Christ, then we are not, or if we fail to love Christ, we're not going to love one another. If we fail to love each other, then we're not loving Christ. In other words, uh, what, I want us, what I want to be clear with is if we're proclaiming the gospel, we got to proclaim the love for Jesus and the love for one another. You can't have one without the other. And if we're not discerning enough to know that, that if I don't love my neighbor, then I don't love Christ, then I'm taking the supper unworthy. Folks, when the, we are the body of Christ, and if we love him, we must love one another. And if we don't, or we can't love one, of him, then we, uh, love one another, then we don't love him. The Bible tells us in 1 John 4 and 20, it says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? So when Paul tells us to examine ourselves, it really appears here that we are to make sure we haven't severed relationships within the body of Christ. We must make sure that our relationships with one another is intact. So if you want to know if you're taking the Lord's Supper unworthy, look to your left and look to your right. Look behind you and look in front of you. If there's someone that you can't or you don't love and you're proclaiming to be saved, don't you take this supper. Because you're taking it unworthy. Because you're actually saying, because I can't or I don't love this person, you're actually saying you don't love Jesus. But if we've received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, and you can honestly look around you and know that you have love for the body of Christ, no matter what their educational level, no matter what their financial level, no matter what their social background, no matter who they are, what they've done to you, or what they've tried to do to you. <laughs> if they have received forgiveness from Jesus, then we must forgive them ourselves. And if you can say that, that I love my brothers and sisters, then you're welcome to this table. If you know Jesus as your Savior. We need to remember that this Supper is about the whole body of Christ coming together in communion with God. It's not about getting full. If you're hungry, you can eat at home or you can go to a nice restaurant. But coming to this table, it's about coming together to cherish our Lord and Savior. It's about coming, caring for one another. That's what this supper is about. 
Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe that God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins and that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day. And then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart and you must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.